This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 15th of November. In your Squeeze today, where things landed after COP26. China and the US chat. Winning a World Cup. And what's all this about Taylor Swift? This is your Squeeze today. COP26 has wrapped up, Claire, and a new global agreement known as the Glasgow Climate Pact has been struck. What the package does is push countries to strengthen climate targets and move away from fossil fuels faster. It's a tongue twister. All this would limit global warming to 2.4 degrees Celsius. That's a bit off the 1.5 degrees Celsius they were aiming for. Yeah, that 1.5 degrees is a target that nations have previously agreed should be the global warming goal. And of course, all the experts say that you don't want it to go much beyond that because of the environmental impacts. And yesterday, President Alok Sharma, he was leading that COP26 conference. He became quite emotional about it. He apologised to delegates saying that compromises were vital to ensure that progress could be made at that conference. Yeah, he looked like he was close to tears. What they have reached, is the first ever climate deal that specifically agrees to a reduction in the use of coal. The big but in all of this, though, is that the language in the pact was weakened to call for a phase down rather than a phase out of fossil fuels. That's right. And China and India intervened in the moments before the summit closed. It was quite dramatic. They said that nations like theirs really need to be able to continue to use coal, particularly for electricity, because they still have their development agendas in place and they need to eradicate poverty and having electricity is really vital to do that. Uh, Also, getting the thumbs down were developing countries. They wanted funding to compensate them for climate-related losses, but that fell short as well. It was the United States and the European Union that pushed back against that. So from here, it's COP27. Claire, if you can believe it, that's scheduled to happen in Egypt at the end of next year. Nations have been requested to bring their emissions targets in line with the goal of that 1.5 degrees warming. Locally here in Australia, that means a bit of pressure on our government to bring forward a more ambitious 2030 target. That's something the PM didn't do for this Glasgow summit. Of course, there's a federal election this year, so climate change, it's going to be a thing. From one big global issue to another, and that's the relationship between the US and China. It's going to be talked about a bit this week, Claire, and that's because the leaders of each country, Joe Biden and Xi Jinping, getting on a Zoom call to chat. They've had a couple of phone calls before, but this is being set up as the most substantial discussion yet. Yeah, and of course, there's quite a bit for them to talk about. They have struck that uh, joint agreement to work together on climate change. That was a bit of a surprise last week. Uh, But when you look beyond that, there's still plenty of things to go, whether it's Taiwan, whether it's human rights, there's cybersecurity issues and also all of those trade issues still to discuss. What pundits say is that it's a very good opportunity for those two to come together and try and stop the slide and the spiral of their relationship. Uh, On the first issue of Taiwan, Aussie Defence Minister Peter Dutton last week said that we would actually go into that conflict with the United States if it was to happen, uh, if America did want to defend that breakaway territory. 
That's caused a bit of a reaction from China. The editor of the Global Times, which is a state-affiliated tabloid, it's published by the People's Daily, which is a paper run by the Chinese Communist Party, has tweeted that Australia will bear the brunt of a heavy attack if we were to join a US-led defence of Taiwan. To Belarus now, Claire, where there's a migrant crisis on its border with Poland. This comes back to August last year when President Alexander Lukashenko won a sixth term in office, a result the opposition and the West say was a complete sham. Yeah, win isn't probably the right word for that election result. Uh, What anyone who had anything to do with it say that it was a really dodgy election and when the people protested against that result, he really cracked down on them. And then we get to May of this year, feels like forever ago, but it was just in May that a passenger jet was forced to land in Belarus and an opposition journalist and his girlfriend were taken off that plane and put into detention. So lots of focus on what's happening in Belarus. Uh, Over the last few months and getting to a really critical point in the last few days is the way Lukashenko then reacted to the sanctions that were put on him. What the Lukashenko regime have done is flown in uh, migrants from countries like Iraq, Syria and Yemen and then pushed them towards the borders with Poland, Lithuania and Latvia. It's seen as a way to get back at Europe for trying to crack down at Belarus and that has caused a crisis on those borders as winter now closes in. He has backing on all of this from Russia. Vladimir Putin is a supporter of Lukashenko. No judgment from us if Belarus is a place you don't know a whole lot about. We didn't either, so we did a squeeze shortcut on it. It's worth a listen or a read. It's available on all podcast apps, of course, and also along with all our shortcuts in written form on our website, thesqueeze.com.au. Claire, this one has really just happened. People might be hearing it here first. Our men's cricket team has won its first ever T20 World Cup title. Some people might be very weary as well if they stayed up (laughs) to watch that game. But yeah, Australia's won the T20 World Cup. A really fantastic result, something that wasn't really expected at the start of the tournament. Uh, New Zealand has gone down in that final. Uh, Australia has won by eight wickets with seven balls to spare. The outstanding players were Mitchell Marsh and David Warner. They really had a great time at the crease. Yeah, they seem pretty happy. I was just watching them be interviewed and they're pretty stoked, it's fair to say. As I said, it's our first ever title. The format started back in 2007, so we've been chasing it for a while now. Australia now holds both T20 world titles after, of course, our women's cricketers won the tournament back in March 2020. to entertainment news now where over the weekend two big things happened Claire the first is news that the conservatorship that saw Britney Spears's father and lawyers run her life for almost 14 years was dissolved. Yeah and it's uncertain whether she'll make a return to music it's all too soon to know anything about what her future looks like but Mm. certainly she was very pleased that her life is now back in her own hands. And the free Britney crowds went wild, as they say. (laughs) The second bit of news was that Taylor Swift released the re-recorded version of her 2012 album, Red. Would have been hard to avoid seeing news about this. So quick background, Taylor Swift left Big Machine Records where she recorded her first six albums. And then a guy called Scooter Braun bought them, which means he's now in control of most of her work. Taylor wasn't happy about that, Claire, so she decided to re-record them all. 
Anyway, getting heaps of attention over the weekend was not the album, but the short film that went along with the extended version of one of her songs. Yeah, it's called All Too Well. It's racked up 23 million views. I reckon you might be about one million of those. I've watched it a few times, (laughs) as have many people I know, so I think there might be a few double-ups in there, you're right. And even if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, 23 million views means it's a whole thing in itself, so there's the background to that. Squeeze the day, Claire. What have you got? Um, Today, something to look out for in the news. There is a Senate hearing into Australia's engagement in Afghanistan. It, of course, includes the chaotic departure from Kabul. There's going to be the head of the military, defence, home affairs and foreign affairs department. So it's quite a thing today. Yeah, and for me, something to watch today is a flood warning for towns along the Lachlan River in New South Wales, so around the Forbes area. There's been a lot of rain across New South Wales this weekend, and now there's an evacuation warning in place there. Claire, that's all from us on this Monday. 40 days until Christmas also. Hang in there. Oh, don't say that. (laughs) It's great that the holidays are coming, but, man, we've got a lot to do before before then. We've got a bit on. Yeah, I'm sure other people feel the same. Absolutely. Not least of all catching up with a lot of people people since we've come out of lockdown absolutely that's all from us and we'll be back tomorrow a quick message now from our podcast partner bhp across the next couple of weeks we'll be talking to squizzers about bhp and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition at the start of the podcast you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles wind turbines and solar panels so when it comes to producing it reducing emissions is a priority and that's why bhp is making solar wind and battery deals to help power their south australian olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.